Welcome to Market Corner Conversations, sponsored by Foresight Health. This is where outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Market Corner Conversations is Foresight Health's regular podcast series. It explores the intricacies of market-driven health reform. We dig deep into the U.S. system's structural inefficiencies. We explain how its artificial economics and distorted business models rob the American people of the great health care they deserve. We identify and talk with innovative companies that are reinventing healthcare delivery by being better, faster, cheaper, and more customer-friendly. We have an absolutely terrific program today. Our guest, Jim Harding, the CEO of Multiscale, a technology company specializing in healthcare from Seattle, is one of the country's great technological brains. And we're going we're gonna to jump into that brain and, and uh, apply it for all it's worth. Jim uh, has a remarkable history. He was part of the original team that created DOS. Uh, at one point in his career, he led the team at Amazon that built the competitive marketplace, uh, the one that uh, where Amazon allowed its competitors to sell off its own platform and gain all the information from the sales. Uh, and then more recently, Jim has uh, taken his technological expertise and applied it to healthcare with, I think, some remarkable insights on how to liberate data and really improve the flow of data so that it truly does help uh, patients uh, get the right care at the right time in the right place, but do it in a way that doesn't impair caregivers, actually makes their lives easier, better, more fulfilling. So, Jim, welcome to Market Corner Conversations. It's great to have you. Thanks. Good to be here. Jim, why don't we start by having you talk to us about how you got introduced to the whole world of computers and technology. I mean, you were back there at the beginning with the hobby computers and playing with the likes of Paul Allen and Bill Gates uh, at, you know, hobby shops on the weekends. So kind of walk us through how that came about and how that has developed through the years to the point where you're now helping design many of the most sophisticated systems to use and apply data to solve everyday problems really efficiently. Yeah, well, it, pr- it probably began in high school when my uh, math teacher got a, a Wang computer for us, so I started programming then. And then when I was in college, going through you know, comp science classes, uh, I decided not to turn in my homework on a VAX machine and instead bought an Apple II. And I think I was the first personal computer owned by someone you know, on campus in a dorm. And then I got into research. I was a research assistant at the UW. After that, um, had done a few more computer projects with engineering groups with mapping and so forth and then bumped into some guys down in Tukwila, my hometown, and they were building this thing called QDOS, which eventually became MS-DOS and sold to to Microsoft. And the whole idea there was that, you know, maybe we can build our own computers that allow us to work independently from being hooked onto these mini computers and mainframes and do it a lot more cost-effectively. Little did we know that it was gonna be sold to IBM and they would make history, not us. But uh, those are some of the early days. It must have been fun just trying to figure it out. Maybe you didn't even know you were figuring it out. You were just uh, sort of gravitating in that direction. Maybe before we turn to healthcare, this will be a part of our segue. Amazon is legendary for it. Every meeting having an empty chair in the room to represent the customer. Could you just tell us what it felt like to work for a company that made the customer so important in everything that you were doing? Yeah, 
the only Amazon customers before the marketplace and Seller Central were the consumers. And when the sellers became the customer, Jeff started getting a bunch of complaints from sellers because people would send stuff to Jeff saying like, I don't like this experience as a customer. You're not treating me like a real customer. And so uh, he asked us to convene a number of resellers around the country. And we all met in a room and most of us weren't used to working with resellers. We'd only been you know, used to working with consumers on the site. And so it was a new experience for us. And probably about 25 resellers showed up. I remember a guy from Louisiana with a quite thick accent. He was complaining that he couldn't sell his bullet holes on Amazon. And I guess back then there were these acrylic bullet hole images you put on your car and it looks like your car got shot by bullets. Well, I guess it was a popular thing back then. And he was trying to load these onto Amazon. He's not a programmer, couldn't afford a programmer. And he says, you know, I'm trying to, trying to get my bullet hole business going. <laughs> well, just like you're laughing, Dave, <laughs> a lot of us laughed. And while Jeff Bezos is known for his laugh, the last thing you want to be doing is laughing at a customer in front of Jeff Bezos. While it was kind of humorous to us, we quickly understood. Jeff went into a, uh, let's just call it a tirade. And the tirade was really focused on us as not taking our customer, the seller, seriously. And uh, whether there's an empty chair or not, it felt like the room was full of empty chairs and we had not satisfied his vision there. So we started hunkering down and creating new, new and improved products that made it easier to sell things like bullet holes from a guy in Louisiana. So, you know, Bezos is pretty focused on that customer idea. Let's move into healthcare uh, and tell us a little bit about multi-scale and your, your partnership with Providence Health and Services and why you thought it was so important to actually embed inside a health system to understand the uh, culture, the ways of doing things, and so on, given that there had been so many failures in trying to bring technology into healthcare. And, you know, Google and Microsoft and others have lost billions trying to do it. So get us back to six, seven years ago when um, you were establishing multi-scale and, uh, and thinking about how to bring everything you knew about technology into the healthcare space with the belief that, you know, technology could really make a difference. Yeah, we created a joint venture with uh, Providence St. Joseph Health a few years back. And prior to doing that, I, I happened to be in a meeting with Rod Hockman, who is now the CEO. At the time, he was CEO of Swedish uh, Hospital System here in Seattle. And I was in a meeting with him, and he was talking about how Google and, and Microsoft were taking on healthcare. And he said, yeah, I met with these Google people, and they're trying to create this medical record system for personal health records. And they told me all about all these great things they did and all this technical capability. But then what struck me was, he said, Jim, they don't have a clue how healthcare works. Yeah, Jim, ain't that the truth? Uh, Google, Microsoft, and others have lost billions because they think they're smarter than healthcare. But of course, healthcare really doesn't understand technology either, which is the beauty of your approach is to marry the healthcare world with the technology world. And then I watched Health Vault and other things from Microsoft come out and didn't look like they were make, making traction. And I happened to meet a data center owner and business uh, run by a Dave Sabi, and he happened to be also an owner of one of the healthcare, uh, one of the Swedish's buildings. And we got to talking, and he said, "Hey, maybe we can help these guys out. Why don't we uh, 
try something different than Google and Microsoft did and actually embed you in the hospital. Wow, what a revolutionary idea. Actually try to understand what your customers are doing and trying to accomplish. So we talked to Providence at the time and we said, hey, what do you think of this idea? And they liked it. So we decided to create a joint venture where we'd actually embed a team inside a hospital. So we're, we're you know, literally in a hospital in the Jefferson Tower of the Cherry Hill campus of Swedish Health System inside of Providence St. Joseph Health. And we've been here for several years. And the advantage that we realized immediately was we had access all the way from the CEO to the CIO, to physicians and various department leads, to charge nurses, and um, everywhere in between. And since we live and work in the same environment, there's a certain amount of empathy that goes both ways. So we started a number of projects just to test things out, see what works, and we learned a lot. And we just kept on learning and learning and learning how these things work. And the good news was that we became relatively educated to understand how to actually affect healthcare, but we also realized how difficult it was from so many things that are different than other industries, uh, such as compliance and regulation and different types of security and penalties and fines and all that stuff. So it was a daunting task to get into this industry. And I think the decision was a good one to embed ourselves and learn and, and create a joint venture. And from that, we've been able to get a vision on how we can actually help healthcare. Let's get to the vision. And, and before that, I'll just make a couple of observations of what I've seen regarding healthcare data is that data tends to get siloed into various fragmented areas of, within the health system. It doesn't translate across departments very well. We haven't been able to apply some of the powerful analytics that we do in other industries to aid caregivers in real time. Instead, they are forced to do retrospective data analysis, run back to computers, jot notes on their, their scrubs, that we pay a real price as a society for the fact that the data in healthcare is fragmented in silos, doesn't go where it needs to go to have the most effect. And one thing I'd, I'd suggest is, is at the root of this is, you know, the first rule of performance improvement is to fix a problem before automating it. But what we've done in healthcare is we automated a fragmented system. And while it's created some, some real benefits to be automated, it's also burning out caregivers at record levels because they have to spend as much as two to three hours for every hour with a patient doing administrative tasks related to updating medical records, making sure they're compliant with bills, supporting the, the record. And it takes away from their ability to really care for patients and drive the best outcomes. So as you've seen this operating reality occur, what, what have been your insights into how we could change the system so that instead of automating a fragmented system, broken system, and embedding all of the bad features and inefficiency delays and so on with that to creating something entirely different in the cloud uh, that can uh, lay over the top of these fragmented systems and begin to get data where it needs to go so that the liberated data really advances care delivery instead of retarding it. What I did was do a bunch of experiments with various kinds of, of data 
and observe how various companies in the market were managing data. And if you look at sort of the foundational data vendors, these are the EHR companies. A lot of them have been around quite a while and you know, they have upwards of 150,000 data fields you know, in their system. And you realize that there aren't you know, really nice data dictionaries that tell you where everything is. And these have sort of kind of evolved over the decades. And so when you look at that, you say, well, do you want to actually bring new technological components down into that space inside the data centers of these health systems running these transactional platforms for EHRs? And you want to go down there and use you know, HL7 that's been around since the 80s? Do you want to use these vendor-specific APIs that get you parts of the data? Do you want to run some sort of funky query language on top of that data that's not really a well-known query language to the rest of the world? Jim, it just sounds like a Rube Goldberg machine. Why wouldn't you just start fresh so you get all of the capability delivered in the most efficient way? Yeah, uh, but you want to invert the, the problem. And so we decided that we wanted to invert it. And we, we did work on this for a couple of years where we actually built our own component libraries and stacks inside of our customers' data centers. But the ability to, to be flexible and move things around and add new code and bring in new libraries is just a recipe for disaster. You can't get things done. It can take months to get a provisioned piece of hardware or software, you know, verify that it'll work. Clearly, time to think different. So that's, uh, those were lessons that were hard learned. And so we said, let's invert the problem. Let's not use any APIs that are known to healthcare. Let's use all the like open source products that are on the market. Let's use, you know, a cloud like, like the Google Cloud, which is a very secure, high performance, you know, low latency, node to node network architecture. And let's work up there. And so the idea is, let's put a little agent down inside the data center and let's pump that data as it's being created to the cloud on the fly, effectively in real time. Take advantage of these large, scalable cloud infrastructures to actually scale out these processes and get them to actually run real time end to end. Meaning, if there's someone who's at risk of readmission, let's make sure that before they get discharged, we have a score effectively in as real time as we can to make a decision on whether they leave or not. This is really just applying probability-based decision-making to real-time situations to improve what caregivers do at the time of, of decision-making with patients. And so to do that, you have to rely on data being available in real time and those analytics or machine learning models being run in real time and those results getting to the, the caregivers in real time. And so to go to the cloud is one thing, but you need to use the cloud and its infrastructure capabilities and its scaling properties to be able to do an end-to-end real-time uh, type of result. That's a long-winded way of saying that you can't do the kinds of things in data centers within health systems like you can in these cl cloud environments. And in the cloud environment, you want to do things completely differently than you would in a data center environment. You want to use the kinds of tools and componentry that allow this dynamic allocation and scaling where necessary. I, I really like that 
concept, Jim, of inverting the problem. People say work the problem, but uh, the Jim Harding approach is invert the problem. And by instead of trying to work within the system, take what you need from the system and put it onto an entirely different platform with all of the benefits that that you're talking about. Could you um, just walk us through uh, an example of how this cloud-based platform with the machine learning and the ability to get the right data to the right place um, really makes a difference. And as you're doing that, I am, I'd like you to talk about it from the perspective of the caregiver on the front lines because we know from experience you can have the greatest dashboard in the world, uh, but people under pressure don't look at dashboards. So you have to have different ways of querying and getting their attention. Uh, without overwhelming them. Uh, alarm fatigue is a, is a huge problem with a lot of health data systems. Yeah. Uh, what, what healthcare clinical workers are used to are transactional systems where they enter data and then they might run some report or go into some track board and, and look at you know, rows and columns of color changing and so forth. Or they might go and look at a daily report on who should be discharged or not. Uh, and that's been kind of standard fare for a long time. Give us a concrete example of how this approach demonstrably improves uh, care outcomes, lowers costs, improves both the caregiver experience and the customer experience. Uh, and talk to us from beginning to end how the data gets to where it needs to be and then translates in a way that caregivers can use it, realize that it's there, use it, and not be overwhelmed by yet another source of information that they have to account for that adds to their burden rather than making their task easier. You know, I'll give you some examples. I'll give you three examples of things where you know, we, we make a difference, and then I'll tell you, you know, where we see the future is. We're in this intermediate stage in, in healthcare technology right now where the world is viewing these dashboards and getting data is... is as fresh as they can, and then reminding themselves to go run reports to get data out. And I call that an intermediate period because it's on its way to something completely different. And I'll get to that in a second. So what Multiscale has done is this next step in the evolution of healthcare data, first by utilizing the cloud, and that gets you all this stuff I talked about earlier, the scalability and dynamic allocation of things. We uh, Recently had some of our, our field people go into uh, a hospital in Alaska and just checking on, you know, how our tools are doing there. And we asked them about the congestive heart failure, real-time application that, that tells them the risk, the risk of mortality and risk of uh, being readmitted in 30 days. And their reaction to us was, you know, you better not be coming to take that away from us because you'll have to pry it out of our cold, dead hands. <laughs> Charlton Heston has come back into healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, we hadn't been hearing from them so much, but what they were basically saying is that we rely on this thing to tell us, like, who's at risk of dying, who's at risk of coming back, and if you were to remove that tool, you know, we wouldn't have that visibility. And that's a, you know, relative real-time product that they, you know, they use on a regular basis. And they, you know, we hear that from all customers using that now, that they don't, do not get rid of this. And in fact, Make it better. We suggest you do these things. I'm going to talk about that in a second. So data saves lives. Yeah, it's definitely saving lives, and uh, they can't can't really live without it. 
Uh, and that's a machine learning algorithm that's doing computations a bunch across a number of fields and you know crunching for a while and and and, and pushing that data and the users are seeing it making making their uh, decisions. You know, Jim, it really feels like people aren't fighting this; they're actually welcoming the help. Yeah. Uh, another example is the hospitals in uh, Oregon. They were uh, worried about diverts into the emergency department. So a divert is when the ambulances don't go to your hospital, they go somewhere else because you're overcrowded. And what we've been seeing there uh, between January and September of this year versus last year at the same time was about a $550,000 increase in revenue. And what that means is there's more patients coming through and staying in the hospital and getting treatment and procedures, and they're billing those, of, of course. But those also translate to some percentage, and I won't guess right now, of, you know, people just doing better, having better outcomes, and, you know, possibly, you know, living through this process. So having this real-time emergency department product allows them to make sure that their patients are flowing through the system, you know, more readily and not getting clogged. When the system doesn't clog and the patients flow through and the staff have the time to address the patient's needs, everything gets better. Another example is the, uh, our latest product we, product we call Hive. And Hive is a collaboration tool, if you will. Uh, and this is kind of getting where the market is going. I, uh, what I see is that we're going from these dashboards and you know, frequently run reports to distributed analytics. And what that means is, rather than going to screens and looking at this analysis of data, distribute the analytics, meaning if someone needs to see a certain piece of data, send that to them right then, not just an alert, send them the data. And along with sending the data, send them the people that they should be talking with about the data and the patient and the factors and data goes along with that patient. So we call that product Hive because it's kind of like a busy area of where people work and collaborate together to get things done. An example of that is at St. John's Hospital in uh, Santa Monica, California, where we have about 100 users with this new product looking at discharges. And you may think a, a discharge is a simple thing, like some event says someone is about to discharge and then they discharge. Well, it's not the case. You really need to know when that order for the discharge is happening, the exact moment that it happens, and all the ensuing processes that happen with that patient all the way to the point where they discharge. It might happen in a few minutes, it might happen in a few hours, it might happen in a few days. Well, what Multiscale does is collects all those events related to that discharge in a queue, and it collects all the data regarding all the patients and uh, caregivers along with that. And they can see very handily on their phone what's happening. And that's a case where the data is being pushed to the users who need it. Now, go writ large where the industry is going, where multi-sale is going and wants to push the industry, is that there is no more intermediate form of dashboards you go to look at and reports that you run. Sure, those will be there. But in terms of making a difference in healthcare, what if every caregiver had exactly the data they need pushed to them onto the device that they're using in real time when they need it. And because of the cloud and the infrastructure we're using, these could be very normally long running machine learning processes that scale out as they get the data and push it to that user like a congestive heart failure calculation 
or it could be a discharge notice that happens so that you actually know when that happened. A lot of the nurses and charge nurses don't really know when their patients left. How would they know unless they go back and look at some sort of track board, sit down in the chair, go to their desk and look through and scroll through. Whereas what we're doing is saying, yeah, Mrs. Jones just left at 4.10 p.m. And here's the instructions that we're given with her. So Jim, how do you make the best use out of this mountain of data? So what we want to do is we want to, like I say, invert everything to uh, a component architecture and infrastructure. Yes, it's in the cloud, but the goal is to move the data to the people who need to see it. And that's the future of analytics. It's this distributed analytics. It's this collaboration around data and communicating about that data. So that's what we're doing right now with Providence St. Joseph Health. And uh, we're about ready to go to, to market, the general market with these products because we're getting good results and we have happy, happy customers. Well, you've come a long way since the Apple II, Jim, i got to say. <laughs> One last quick question and then we'll end our session. I, it feels like we're on the cusp of a major improvement in the ability of health systems, healthcare workers to access data and act on it in ways that improve outcomes but also improve the quality of work, uh, improve the quality of decision-making. So tell us what it's going to look like in five years when, when these systems have become deeply embedded within healthcare delivery networks. How is the experience of being a patient and a caregiver going to be different and better? Yeah, the, uh, I had an interesting conversation with a, a leading platform vendor in analytics and healthcare today, the CEO. And uh, it's a very cordial conversation. And he was talking about how he's got a health system that he's been working with for years. And they've worked out 100 projects where these various departments uh, collect its data and they analyze the data and they do improvement work plans. And at the end of the year, they show how much improvement they've made to outcomes. And that's a, you know, a commendable undertaking that they do. I just take my hat off to them and how they trained their people to go and diligently collect this data and make improvements and work with the clinicians to, to get that and get their kind of results. And they've got great trend lines showing how uh, they're improving outcomes in healthcare. Such an idiosyncratic approach, it by definition frustrates the ability to, to scale. Yeah. Uh, and I looked at that and I said, that's just amazing. Uh, the question now is, how scalable is that? I turned to him and said, you know, let me show you something here. The market will give you the honorary PhD for figuring out all the engineering and operations management and financial accounting to solve these hard problems. PhD, definitely. But I said that where we're going in the future is, is something more scalable. And, and Multiscale is working on solving that very problem because to do the PhD work requires quite a commitment. They're definitely getting the results and they're, they should be committed for that. But I said there's, a, there's the bachelor degree version of this thing. And the bachelor degree version is that we don't have to send a bunch of people in and do these large studies and do this engineering and financial work. What if we just got the data of the people who need it? And by and large, the healthcare industry is the most educated industry of all. Why don't we just get the data to the people that need it and let the people subscribe to the data that they want 
and let them communicate. Power to the caregivers. So these communication tools, you know, messaging and so forth, those are table stakes. You know, those are just very easy to put out there now. They're secure, they're HIPAA compliant and so forth. What if we liberated the data, put it into a meaningful construct? We let these highly educated, intelligent clinical workers determine who they want to talk to about what patients, you know, within a department, across department, across floors, across hospitals, across the system. What would that world look like? Would it require the veritable PhD to prove that you're getting these results? Or is it merely a bachelor's degree effort and these guys can self-organize and produce the results? That is what we're starting to see with our platform. And he agreed that that's where the market needs to go. Jim, this reminds me of that famous Einstein quote that all processes should be as simple as possible but not simpler. So if the bachelor degree approach works, we should stop there. We shouldn't be making it more complex, but we shouldn't be making it less complex either. So to answer your question, I think in five years, we're going to see data liberated. We'll see analytics moved from dashboards and distributed, broken up into small pieces and pushed to the people who need to see that. If someone needs to see that a discharge just started, then push that to them. Name the patient, show the data, allow them to move around on their phone and see everything about that patient they need and all the people who are talking about that patient. If it's as complicated like some machine learning algorithm that has some sort of score to work through, make sure the system is calculating that continuously and, and then pushing those results to the people who need it. The bottom line is we need to get out of the out of the, the mode of going to computers and digging up results and going to the patients and having the data pushed to you while you're with them. I think that's where things will change clearly in five years uh, on our roadmap. Uh, but I think the whole market's going to move that way. Gartner hasn't yet started talking about this. They, they're talking about real-time health systems and clinical communication and collaboration tools and various forms of analytics. And what we're seeing is this, this breaking up of these data warehouses and analytical reports and dashboards and freeing that data and pushing it to the, the users that can actually use it in real time for better outcomes. And I think, as I was saying to the CEO, I think this emergent phenomenon is what's going to change healthcare. And we hope to heck that we're, uh, we're one of the ones that helps that, that happen. Yeah. Well, power to the people, Jim. Uh, what, a, what a great vision. You know, one of the most frustrating things for caregivers is they don't have the bit of information they need to make the right decision. And it's, it's often not a complicated piece of data. They just can't get access to it and end up making the wrong decision. It's, it's just horrible. So some of this will is, is fairly straightforward, data transmission, communication, and so on. Some of it's a little more complicated and re requires some analysis. But the commonality is the data flows to where it needs to go. People can act on it. They, you know, create these opportunities for win-win improvement and patients get better. It costs less. Outcomes soar. Quality soars. Customer satisfaction soars. That's a good place for us to end and want to really thank you for stretching the, all of our minds with uh, how bits and bytes can actually be put together in ways that are, are remarkable. But it, at the end of the day, it's the human intelligence 
fully actualized with the information that's, that's really going to drive the type of improvement we hope to see in healthcare um, and companies like Multiscale uh, helping to push it. So, Jim, can't thank you enough. And uh, uh, I've got to go rest after this just to, uh, just to let all these ideas sink in. All right, Dave. Thanks. Enjoyed it. If you're frustrated with healthcare, if you want to understand how the system is reinventing itself through relentless bottom-up market-driven reform, please subscribe to our podcast at foresighthealth.com. Be a rebel with a cause. Help us fix American healthcare. Until next time, this is Dave Johnson. Dave Johnson.